It's time now for Illinois Innovators, spotlighting the leaders in research, technology, and entrepreneurship from the engineering at Illinois community. Welcome to another edition of Illinois Innovators. I'm your host, Mike Kuhn. Cancer continues to affect Americans at every corner. This year alone in this country, 600,000 people will die from the disease, and 1.6 million will be newly diagnosed. In the fight to win, a new generation of researchers will use engineering to advance prevention, diagnosis, and treatment. Joining us to discuss why cancer needs engineering is Rohit Bhargav, a pioneer in the field of digital molecular biology, a professor of bioengineering at the University of Illinois, and a founding director of the Cancer Center of Illinois. Welcome to the program. Thank you, Mike. Well, first off, just talk about the history of cancer because uh, it was less than a century where the we first diagnosed this as a disease, and just talk about that history and why that is. So I think the history of cancer is quite appropriate to human history. So until about 100 years ago, we didn't live that long. Uh, now our lifespans are expanding. Uh, quite um, The problems that we didn't encounter, say, 100 years ago, are now becoming apparent. We're also treating communicable diseases really well, and we've got a good handle on heart diseases or cardiovascular diseases. So now cancer is the emerging problem. And we're just beginning to get the tools and the technologies to understand uh, cancer and its progression now. So it's, it's rapidly emerging both in our population as well as in our scientific consciousness uh, as a problem that we can tackle. Talk about up until this point how cancer research, um, how they've approached it and how this new approach of, um, of an engineering-based medicine is, uh, is changing the research when it, when it, as it relates to cancer. So up until now, I would say cancer research has been descriptive to quite an extent. So there were two major routes to describing it. One was the biological route, and you see the revolution in biology that has happened. The molecular understanding of cancer has uh, made enormous strides in the past few decades. Uh, the other is a more traditional and less progressing route, which is the morphologic understanding of cancer. So how does it affect an organ? What does it look like? And the looking uh, is the way we diagnose it. And the feeling is the way. Does it look like a mask? Can we feel the mask? Is it hard? Is it soft? So those are the ways in which it has been treated. But the knowledge base that has gone up is in the molecular scale. And to really bridge those, uh, you need two things. One, you need to understand general principles of how the molecular and the spatial cells interact. And the second, you need to measure them. And since it's such a complex thing to describe, you need the tools from engineering and mathematics to describe that relationship. And, of course, you need the tools from engineering to measure it. So, obviously, the, uh, the interest in cancer is obvious. Uh, we give the numbers in terms of the, the number of people that are diagnosed and die each year from cancer. But do, do you feel that the, uh, the energy is even ramped up even more? As you mentioned, there's, we have s- some of these other problems that we um, are a little bit more on top of than cancer. Is it really taking center stage? Yes, I think now's the time for, for cancer because now we have a large... Uh, base of understanding on the biology side. We have a large handle on how perhaps it might progress and some successes uh, that give us hope that maybe we can repeat those successes for other kinds of cancers. Uh, Plus, technology has now reached a a very high level, even, say, compared to a decade ago. The computing, for example, that you have today, the ability to measure images, store data, transmit data, and analyze data uh, is unprecedented that we have today. So I do believe the capabilities now are... Uh, ubiquitous almost of computing that weren't imaginable even say two decades ago. 
So now we can think of perhaps a different way of, of tackling cancer, not just with traditional biology, uh, but also with new kinds of tools, with data uh, and analytics, and certainly mo real-time monitoring with, say, devices and, and trying to uh, see if we can better understand cancer progression and hence control it. There's a couple of programs that you're heavily involved with, and we'll talk about them as the program goes along. But uh, first off, the Cancer Scholars. Explain what it is um, and just the, the new approach to your uh, undergraduate college education, how you came up with it, and uh, where we are right now with the program. So the Cancer Scholars is very interesting for two reasons. One, as we just talked about, the, the nature of cancer research and the needs uh, in cancer clinical care that are going to emerge demand a new kind of education. So the Carl Illinois College of Medicine, for example, is an attempt in that direction. But it's not enough. We also need to train engineers uh, to think about cancer research and making advances in cancer. So that's one motivation. Uh, the second motivation lies purely in engineering. So today, students have more choices than ever, and the distractions are more than ever, and the opportunities to learn are more than ever. So in, in today's day and age, uh, how do we focus people's attention on really hardcore technical topics that is very difficult to, to sort of convey? So we came up with this idea of inspiring them with a challenge. And cancer touches us all in, in many ways. So cancer is a great challenge. If we say, here's your education, here's how it relates to cancer, it excites an intrinsic motivation in students that helps them learn uh, even better. So we started this Cancer Scholars Program uh, as a way to integrate cancer research and cancer as an inspiring topic for engineering education. So we take students very early in their careers, so in their very first semester as they enter the University of Illinois, and we uh, route them into a program we call the Cancer Scholars Program. So the first semester is all about knowledge. You just understand cancer as a disease, as a problem, as something that engineers can contribute to. And slowly over the four years, we build up their research experience uh, by putting them in cancer researchers' labs, uh, leading them through common exercises and through senior design and so on. But at the same time, we give them very strategic courses that they can learn uh, about cancer research and also relate their classical education to cancer research. So when all of this is put together, uh, they, we find that their education is highly motivated because they have good context uh, in which to put all the concepts that they learn in class uh, back in the context of a problem. Uh, they're certainly much more motivated, uh, and they form a nice cohort of students who work together uh, to perhaps learn better. So in our experience, uh, maybe we're uh, producing a new kind of cancer researcher who has a quantitative engineering background, uh, but also we're producing fantastic engineers because they're learning more and learning in a cohort. So really, they're integrated into the, uh, the main student population, but they're looking at their studies maybe from a different paradigm. Absolutely. Um, I think they're inspired. Uh, that's the best word I can, I can find. And when they, they seek to learn on their own and augment that wish with what we are able to do in the classroom, it just makes our educational program stronger. So the first group is uh, the first cohort are now seniors in their fourth year. How is it going? What's the feedback you're getting? Uh, it, are you seeing the type of results through the cancer scholars that you thought you would see? Yes, indeed. I think it has exceeded my expectations to some extent. And, and really, kudos to the first group. Uh, they were the experimental <laughs> group that we started with. And we had to change a few things in the middle, and they had to be patient with us. Uh, but it's been, uh, the results have been far beyond what any of us would have expected. So what we thought we were doing was inspiring an individual student to, to do better, and that has certainly happened. So by all measures, they're more excited, they've published more in, their, uh, in cancer research, they're more 
uh, going to conferences and they've, they've achieved more well beyond the classroom as well as in the classroom. But what we had perhaps not anticipated as much was the influence that this would have as a group. So they bonded and formed a cohort which helped all of them learn together from each other and certainly keep pace with each other. So they all rose to a higher standard than otherwise. And they also act as catalysts to the whole group of students. So even those who are not cancer scholars, uh, these cancer scholars go and work with them in groups and teams and other courses, and they raise the standard of, of education for all our students. So those two things where they, they give us better results as a group and how they improve everybody around them were somewhat unexpected but very gratifying. So they're graduating at a very opportune time as we uh, open up the, the first class of the, uh, the Carl uh, Illinois College of Medicine. W where do you see th this cohort going? Will, will some of them enroll in, in this program or similar? Will some of them go more into uh, a research phase? Will there be an MD-PhD program? You know, wh where do you see them going? I think, uh, I hope some of them enroll in this program. There are some who are definitely going to graduate school and there are some who are going to medical school. Uh, but the MD-PhD seems to be more popular than the straight MD in these students, and understandably so. They've been engaged in cancer research for some time, uh, and they would like to pursue research. Um, and so we, we have to see what happens next year. Uh, but there's no doubt that many of these will go on to have a career in cancer research or care. So all of this has helped um, inspire the uh, Cancer Center of Illinois, which you are the uh, founding director. Uh, there are over 90 faculty researchers, PhD, then uh, including the undergraduates, and, um, and well over 100. Uh, just talk about the energy that the Cancer Center has produced, and and what do you see? How do you see that going? Because that's a relatively new center. Oh, this is tremendous. So even though the center itself is relatively new, we started organizing in about 2010. So we started with a, a symposium. And about 65 people came to that symposium, and we together decided that we'll have a larger effort, uh, perhaps as a center. So the first three years or four years, we started as what we called Cancer Community at Illinois. And all the purpose there was was to get together and think about science, uh, think about projects we could undertake, and perhaps educate our students better. So the Cancer Scholars Program really came out of, of many of those ideas. Uh, and lately, this just this past summer, we formalized that into the Cancer Center at Illinois. So our cancer community now becomes a formal center, uh, with the goal being that we want to be recognized as a center for cancer research in the nation. So our goal is to be the first uh, technology and engineering-focused cancer center in the country and to be so designated by the National Cancer Institutes. So the NCI uh, today designates about 70 cancer centers in the nation. Uh, most of them, 63 of them, are actually engaged in clinical care as well as research, and some of them are engaged also in public outreach. Uh, there are seven very special centers, the so-called basic science centers, and many of our peers like MIT and Purdue have these. So these are centers that engage primarily in cancer research. Uh, but most of them are more focused in biology because that was the focus, say, 30, 40 years ago. We didn't know enough biology, so a lot of the centers focused on very basic science of discovery. But times have changed. We have now discovered a lot. So the question is, how do we take the basic knowledge that we have and turn it into useful, impactful science. So can we generate better drugs? Can we generate better devices? And so on. And that's the job of engineers. So how do you take a good uh, basic science base and turn it into useful products or technologies? That engineers can do. And Illinois engineers do that better than almost anyone in the world. So we feel that this is the right place for such a cancer center to exist. So we formally formed the cancer center, and we will be going for NCI designation uh, pretty soon. 
So hopefully we'll be recognized as such, and that gives us an, uh, a way to influence where cancer research and education and technology are going uh, in the nation. So the center has uh, four programs, and I, I think maybe if we can, you can briefly just talk about how Illinois uniquely addresses those. Um, the first being uh, next generation diagnostics. So these are uh, truly Illinois-flavored programs in the cancer center, and you will not find such programs in any cancer center in the nation. So every cancer center in the nation is organized around programs, uh, which means a focused group of people who are engaged in similar kinds of research or similar kinds of activity. So our Next Generation Diagnostics program is actually a great example. What we're trying to do here is not think about the way we are diagnosing disease currently in the clinic, but think about what we can do in the future. So the one, for example, uh, uh, section of our program focuses on devices. So how can we diagnose cancer not by its shape and size and uh, looking at its morphology, but by its underlying molecular characteristics? So can we have a molecular classification of cancer? The reason this is so important is drugs act on molecules, not on shapes and sizes. So if we can characterize cancer molecularly and understand the molecular diversity of cancer, perhaps we can better treat it. Uh, we can better understand even if it needs to be treated or not. So that's one aspect, but you can't do that with current imaging technologies. So you really need next-generation technologies that are molecularly sensitive. I think you may have addressed it a little bit, but engineering systems is, is the second of the, of the four pillars, if you will. Right. So engineering systems has two components to it as well. Uh, one is you can think of as software and data, and the other is hardware. So as you know, data is just exploding now. Genomic data, proteomic data, lots of uh, data all around us. But how do we give researchers the tool that they can make sense of all this data and be more effective in research? How do we give clinicians access to new tools without them becoming experts in the tools themselves but, but being able to use that? So that's one goal of us. We want to democratize uh, cancer analytics, if you will. Uh, the second uh, side of this program is the hardware side, which is the robotics and control and, and uh, augmenting uh, human performance side. So imagine a surgery in which the surgeon is augmented by a robot, and you can make it really, really precise. Now imagine that being motivated by the data that is derived from the patient or the next generation diagnostic devices uh, that we might have. And tomorrow you'll have surgery in which uh, we can do complete resections of tumors, not leave any cancer cells behind, for example, yet preserve as much tissue as we can for the patient and have it be accurate, have it be precise, uh, and certainly automate it so that it's much more efficient and lower in cost. So that's our goal with, with the engineering systems program. This is a classic engineering problem, how to build cars at scale, for example. So how do you do surgery at scale in, in, with the same precision? Uh, and that's where Illinois can contribute. And then the, uh, the third part of that, molecular mechanisms of cancer. Yeah, so this has been a topic for the entire cancer research community. We really want to figure out how cancer is driven by which molecules, which are the key players in cancer, and so on. And again, within this program, there are two themes. The first one is to molecularly understand what happens when we treat cancer uh, with certain compounds, with small molecules, with larger molecules. And if we can understand that, then we can perhaps develop new drugs. So just to give you an idea, only about 5% of drugs that go into phase one human trials actually make it as a drug uh, that can be used in patients. So how can we make that process more efficient? Well, one way is to use technology to make the screening more efficient. The second way is to use our campus's expertise in chemistry and come up with new compounds that can then be used uh, to develop better drugs. Uh, the second part of that program itself is looking at model systems. So we don't think cell lines that are grown in a Petri dish, for example, are, are faithfully reproducing cancer behavior. 
So what we want to do there is use things like 3D printing, uh, use new materials so that we can design cancers in the lab and test them and study them in the lab. And then finally, uh, social and behavioral sciences. Yes, this is very important because uh, technology doesn't exist in a vacuum. So you have to understand, first of all, who needs the technology. And again, their technology comes to help you as to understand who needs it. So at one end are big data analytics that apply to population, to public health. For example, what is the socioeconomic distribution of people in certain areas at Illinois, and what kinds of help do they need? What kind of technology should we develop that reaches out to them? At the other end, uh, what we would like to do is use our expertise to eradicate uh, some of the disparities in cancer. So could we take people who are food insecure, for example, and make sure uh, that we address that need uh, in the state of Illinois and nationwide? And certainly that program will help do that. Well, you mentioned the fact that you're um, hoping to become Na National Cancer Institute, uh, a designee uh, for that. What, what go goes into that? And uh, you talk about that process a little bit. Yeah, this is a very prestigious designation. So there's only a few cancer centers that can achieve this. And what the NCI would like you to do before you achieve this is demonstrate impact. So you have to have programs, just as we discussed, we have four programs, that are of a certain quality. So NIH will look at our, uh, the grants we get, for example, from federal sources, the publications, the results uh, that our, our researchers have produced over the years. And more importantly, they'll look at how we work together and how our programs together can can contribute a solution that impacts patients at the end of the day. And if all of this is of sufficient quality, then we will be designated by the NCI. Now, of course, you would recognize if, if a measure of quality allows you designation, it automatically confers a certain prestige uh, upon your center. But it also confers uh, an ability to collaborate with other such centers. So centers who are already NCI designated would like to collaborate with us a little more uh, if we were of the same quality and part of the same program. So we think that's very crucial for us because as technology developers, as people who do engineering and even the, the human implementation of this, we cannot do it at scale just at one place alone. So we want to collaborate with every single cancer center in the nation and translate our technology and engineering uh, to their patients and to serve their uh, areas as well. So looking down the road as people give to cancer research, is very, um, it's a popular thing for people to do. They feel like they have an impact. What, uh, what will that research look like? Will, will they be giving more in the future to engineering research versus the, uh, the, bi the biological that they're, that they're used to um, down the road? I think it's time for a shift. So we, we were engaged in biological discovery for a long time. Now I believe we have enough uh, biological discovery to perhaps focus our attention on translating that knowledge to actually benefit patients. There's certainly a huge need to do basic science and continue that path, but there's also a need to take what we've got so far and turn it into useful technologies. So I think that's a very worthy cause uh, to support. And it's also very gratifying because you can actually see your contributions turn into something that impacts patients. So I would hope and expect uh, that we will receive support just like other cancer research has and eventually have the results that we all desire. The thing that I find fascinating as I learn more about it is the fact that how this is how much of this is personalized, where uh, the people, uh, you would get a, a treatment, a, whether it be a drug or other treatment, based on, you know, uh, what everybody else might get. Whereas this, and where I think it seems like to me, we're heading into a, a point where we're getting a little bit more personalized attention that is exactly what that individual patient needs. Absolutely, Mike. I think that's the key here in cancer. 
So if you look at the massive successes that have worked out in the cancer space in treating patients, a lot of it is molecularly driven. So we initially started maybe 60, 70 years ago just giving general uh, agents that kill cells. But cancer cells and normal cells in our body are quite close to each other. They're not that distinct. So what we have to do is find very specific molecular changes that happen in the cancer cells but don't happen in normal cells in our body. And if we can then target cells that have only those changes, then we can selectively treat cancer because we don't want to harm the rest of the body uh, while we're treating cancer. So I think molecular understanding and progression of cancer and how the molecular checkpoints allow us to, to control cancer or, or regress it are really the key. And that's the direction where we're going. So do you see a time that uh, cancer will be treated differently than perhaps chemotherapy, which seems, you know, is, is what you always hear about in terms of cancer treatment, where you're, you've got to knock out all the cells, not just the cancer cells necessarily to make sure that you have it all. I mean, when, uh, and I guess the second part to that is when will p- cancer patients feel the results of this, of the research that, that, that you and, and other centers are doing? So that's a great question. I think that's the question on everybody's mind. How quickly can we get there? Uh, and there's a couple of, of things that we need to understand before we, uh, we try to expect results. One is we don't understand cancer fully, and perhaps we never will. So the key question is to understand the main points, the, the key points that allow us to block it and perhaps treat it. So I would think that the way treatment will change in the future is more towards prevention, using better technology. So if we can image early enough, then perhaps we can treat early enough. So that's one, early detection is one of the biggest keys uh, in controlling cancer. Uh, The second is better characterization. If we can understand all the factors that go into driving cancer, or at least the key ones, then we can intervene in multiple ways. So designing a system of therapy as opposed to a single drug, I think is the next um, step up from there. And the third step clearly is in monitoring. So once somebody has had cancer and has had treatment, we're pretty good in the first line of treatment now. It's the recurrence of the cancer that often causes problems. So monitoring people and survivors uh, and giving them the technologies and the tools to make sure that cancers don't recur, or if they recur, we treat them as soon as they recur and early enough. So monitoring, uh, again, or continuous monitoring, if you will, in many ways, uh, is the future. So you notice the common thread in this. It's early detection. It's it's a multiple uh, systems type of therapy. And then it's monitoring later on. And if we think about it, these are really engineering problems. How do we design the tools? How do we design systems? How do we design data analytics? And how do we implement them and get people to adopt them in a nice compact format? How do we get to design them so that the cost is low enough so that everybody can adopt them? And now once you understand that process, uh, I think it's obvious why engineering matters uh, in cancer in the future. And a lot of it, uh, genetics. I mean, if you can detect the genetic uh, component of, of cells early, that goes into what you talk about in in terms of early diagnosis? Most certainly. I think it all begins with genetics. But I think genetics is not the final answer or the complete answer, too. So we have to start with genetics and try to understand how that influences cancer progression. But there are many other factors. For example, the tissue microenvironment that the cancer is growing in. The same genetics, but different microenvironment can lead to different outcomes. So we are just scratching the surface of our understanding. And genetics is, of course, the first milepost. Uh, but now it's going to get much more complex. Uh, we're going to understand the roles of different cell types. We're going to re- understand the role of structure. We're going to understand the role of mechanical properties even in driving cancer progression. And it's, uh, it's, it'll be exciting times ahead. Well, finally, I want to talk about 
the Carl College of uh, Carl Illinois College of Medicine, which we hinted to a little bit. Um, I think it's one of those that maybe the outside public doesn't understand how this will be different than uh, a lot of other College of Medicines. Uh, can you talk about that a little bit? I mean, we kind of get a sense from what we've talked about before the, the importance of engineering um, uh, when it comes to that. But um, you know, as people begin to learn more about it, what will they discover about about this college? So this is a visionary college of medicine. Uh, this is the first one of its kind that takes an engineering-based approach to educating uh, the next generation of medical professionals. The reason this is so important now is technology and engineering tools have become ubiquitous. Everywhere you go, you have, you're dealing with sensors and you're dealing with measurements, and how to best utilize uh, those sensors and measurements is, I think, the first need. Uh, the second need that's going to happen as the professionals who graduate today, as they mature in their careers, this trend is only going to accelerate. You're going to have more and more technology. You're going to have newer tools uh, that help us perhaps uh, a little more than we can do today. But also at the same time, you need scientists and new clinicians who will invent those tools uh, that are useful tomorrow. So this is really a new way to think about medical education. And it's really a new way to think about the future of medicine uh, in particular. So we're very excited. And we're very eager to see the first class that comes in next year. Well, this program, we talked a little bit more of an overview. Um, and we look forward to having you on the program, maybe to talk a little bit more specifics uh, down the road. We'll maybe uh, tackle uh, a few of these uh, in, in more detail. But I certainly appreciate you stopping by and being part of the program to help us get, get an idea of where the future uh, lies in terms of cancer research as it relates to engineering. Thank you very much, Mike. So that was uh, our guest has been uh, Rohit Bhargav. Uh, he's a professor of bioengineering at the University of Illinois, as we mentioned, a founding director of the Cancer Center for Illinois. Thanks for joining us. I'm your host, Mike Kuhn. Illinois Innovators is a production of Engineering at Illinois. All rights reserved. We invite you to subscribe to the podcast through iTunes or SoundCloud by searching Engineering at Illinois. We hope you'll help grow our corpse of listeners by leaving a favorable rating on iTunes.